welcome to the Serviced Accommodation Property Podcast. This podcast by Kevin Paneskis, also known as the Property Soldier, covers all aspects of serviced accommodation and how to make it a profitable and sustainable business. Kevin started investing in property in 1991 whilst serving in the British Army and now owns a multi-million pound property portfolio and serviced accommodation business and is a best-selling author. And now your host, Kevin Paneskis. Hi everyone and welcome to this live mentoring call and I'm also going to do this as a mentoring call because I'm, I'm recording this at the same time so I'm doing a, a Facebook live to the Progressive Property community, hi and I'm also doing this as a episode of my Service Accommodation Property Podcast. So this is a live mentoring call, I've got Garang on the line, say hi Garang. Hi Kevin and hi everyone. And so uh, I'll, I'll do my normal intro uh, to the podcast. So welcome to the Service Accommodation Property Podcast with this live mentoring call with Garang. So without any further ado, Garang, uh, what would you like? In fact, I'll just explain. So what, what did I do? I put on a post saying who would like a live mentoring call? And the conditions are that you've got to uh, subscribe to my podcast, which you did. Garang, thank you. And yeah. Um, that you'd be willing for it to be recorded as a podcast episode. And then I yeah. sprang something on you, which was that I also want to do it as a Facebook Live because Rob Moore, my mentor, says, uh, you know, let's get multiple content out there and let's repurpose stuff and get lots of stuff out there all at the same time. So, hey, why not? Let's do this. And so without any further ado, Garang, you haven't yet started in serviced accommodation. Is that correct? That's correct, yes. Fab. I haven't started yet. Okay, and so what is it you would like help with, my friend? Yeah, so I'm the I'm a land I'm a standard landlord with buy to let property property. However, I attended the multiple streams of property income uh, a few months ago, and out of all the strategies, service accommodation indeed struck the chord with me, as I felt that this is the strategy which requires minimum upfront capital investment, and the secondly, it doesn't. It, it, this strategy doesn't require all those painful processes about standard buy to let and flips or rent to rent and HMO, we just source the property, people come in and stay, pay and move on. Um, and we can come out anytime if the property doesn't work. So this strategy felt really easy. And and that's that's really was a main main ticking point for me. And so you mentioned um, obviously with, with the service accommodation, I mean yeah, there's a there's a strategy for everyone, and and so service accommodation has appealed to you. Um, and uh, are you particularly interested um, in what type of acquisition of service accommodation you're interested in, Gorang? Yeah, so mainly I'm looking for rent to SA type okay. acquisition. Yeah, all right. Uh, uh, however, if I come across where I can buy my own and then convert it into um, a service accommodation, I'm quite up for it as well. However. I lack experience in terms of refurbishment and things like that. So I'm not really sure about that. So mainly I'm looking for rent to essay opportunities. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, it's it's quite a, a really cool way of getting into service accommodation, doing rent to essay, because you can learn service accommodation without a significant outlay. Now, you're actually coming on my 
service combination two day course. Is that right? Yes. Okay. When, right, when, yeah. when is that? Is that March? That's or in April? either April or May date. April or May, yeah. All right. Yeah. So on that course, there's um, we will teach you all the due diligence process involved. So um, we've clear, we've obviously got a good deal analyzer, and we will go through how to use that deal analyzer because a deal analyzer at the end of the day is a spreadsheet, and um, and we've all heard of the phrase. I'll try not to swear, but you put rubbish in, you'll get rubbish out. <laughs> and so what we'll do is we'll teach you exactly how to populate the deal analyzer so you can do your due diligence on deals before actually um, go into the acquisition phase, um, yeah. which is, you know, uh, rent to SA. And then once is so clearly is not a lot of capital outlay on on rent to SA compared to traditional property investing strategies and clearly and over the years i have done all those uh you know buying uh buy refurbish refinance buying to keepers buy to let buying to keepers hmos um buying refurbish and selling on I've done all that and uh but i also do rent to sa now rent to sa via uh, landlords and rent to sa uh from letting agents and yeah. then once you master that, then you can get into actually setting yourself up as an SA managing agent. So it's similar to a letting agent for buy to let, but essentially you're going to be working from home and you will become a service accommodation managing agent of other people's properties. That's when they can bring their properties to you, fully furnished, ready to go as service accommodation. And then you just literally do what you do, do what you've learned, but you can... Um, earn a percentage of the turnover and so not necessarily as much profit each month but you don't have any of the uh, the initial outlay that that rent to sa has in terms of having to pay the deposit and the um the uh, month's rent in advance rent. and yeah. if it's through a letting agent the referencing fees and getting it furnished so it's but it's a really cool way i wouldn't advise people going straight into sa management until they actually learn how to do service accommodation first before taking yeah. on the responsibility of management so that's cool yeah we know where yeah. we are you're looking at getting into rent to sa now rent to sa via a letting agent or rent to sa via a landlord Mort. Actually, uh, both. So obviously, rent to SIY letting agent will provide me as far as the research I have done. Obviously, uh, there are lots of agents out there. There are lots of properties out there. So initially, if uh, my initial go will be on the rent to SOI letting agent, mainly because there is a large pool of availability out there. Um, rent to SOI landlord is good. You cut the middleman out. However, at the same time, finding those landlords uh, can be tricky, and with, I need some experience on that part. Well, part, part so, of the stuff that we're going to teach you is how to um, go to sites like Gumtree, Open Rent, yeah, UPAD, yeah. Um, sites like that where landlords are actually advertising their properties uh, to let. Yeah. They're even advertising themselves via Facebook now. And so. Um, actually, it is easier to get rent to SAs uh, from landlords because mm -hmm. letting agents are, will put up more barriers to entry. Once you get in with a letting agent, don't get me wrong, if once you mm -hmm. know how to handle all the objections that letting agents have until they understand mm -hmm. service accommodation, once you get in with mm -hmm. them, then that's great because they they will give you uh, lots more because actually um, 
you provide a, an awesome solution to letting agents. Um, you know, the fact that they're no longer going to be able to charge referencing fees coming up and therefore they don't want voids. They're going to want long-term tenants. And if you take the property yeah. as service combination, you're going to want it for a minimum of a year. And then if, if it works, just infinitely. So yeah, absolutely. Letting agents are the way forward. I'm not trying to talk you out of letting agents. I help people get properties direct from letting agents as soon as they've done the training. Um, yeah. But um, I do find it easier um, with people that have um, got units already. It's easier to talk to landlords first before you actually talk to letting agents. And then once you've got units up and running, then you can actually say to the letting agent, well, do you want to come and have a look at one of my other units? Do you see yeah. what I mean, Garang? It's it's yeah, uh, it's, right. it's easier to to, right. to go into a letting agent and and not have any um, yeah. is a little bit of a leap of faith for the letting agent, as you can imagine. But that, saying that, it, right. it's done. It gets done all the time. Um, yeah. I did it actually, um, but I was a, a an experienced uh, HMO and buy to let landlord, so I was able to give the letting agent all that credibility. Um, yeah. Before telling them that I want to now go move into serviced accommodation. Yeah. So I yeah. can definitely help people with that. And and in the past, yeah. I've actually phoned up letting agents on, on delegates behalf, people that come yeah. in and get training with me. If that's something that they're struggling with, then I, I'm happy to do that. I deal with the yeah. objection overcoming and then send them in to actually sign the deal. Um, but, you know, that's a conversation we can have when, when we meet, obviously, Garang, on the training. Yeah. But... Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, tell me why you uh, so rent to SA via letting agent appeals over approaching landlords. Why would you rather approach a letting agent to do rent to SA rather than a landlord? Well, it's mainly obviously once I will have a training about finding uh, direct landlords, then obviously. But I, when I was sitting in a multiple stream event, when I was listening your talk and. I was thinking, hell, the, uh, there are lots and lots of uh, properties out there with the, uh, with the agent. There are so many uh, locations where the properties are there, where sometimes they, are, they may or may not find a tenant. And I was thinking, it's purely the rent to SA while letting agent appeal to me mainly just because of the massive pool. Uh, with the gum tree, I don't know. Uh, gum tree... Um, and all you might find a property you might not find a property you might have to wait and you are competing with a lot of other people on the gum tree uh, maybe you are competing with the tenants i don't know you are competing with the similar people like myself who also want in service accommodation so you're competing with all those people uh so that's competition factor uh, directly going through this way but land uh, and letting agent the only reason it appealed to me was mainly just you will give me a massive pool so property so garang i mean this is a, a mentoring call and, and is it is it okay if i um act as your official mentor yeah that's fine yeah and so yeah. What, what i'm what i'm going to say to you about um a lot of the things that you said about landlords is a lot of that is your perception isn't necessarily yeah. reality maybe yeah and definitely, so, definitely. so I am definitely. an experienced landlord. I've been uh, a buy to let and HMO landlord and I started in 1991 um, yeah. as a 20-year-old soldier. And so yeah. by the time I left the army in 2011, I had 12 properties, one of which was a HMO. And so yeah, okay. over the years, I have had so many tenant problems, it's not true. And landlords yeah. who are trying to avoid letting agents... Yeah. are the most likely people to have tenant problems. Okay. 
Now then, the reason why they're trying to avoid letting agencies is they're trying to save themselves some money. Therefore, they might be um, struggling financially. Yeah. Uh, then they find themselves actually with uh, tenants who went to them via Gumtree because they wouldn't pass tenant referencing in the letting agents. And yeah. the landlords aren't properly tenant referencing them. And yeah. then the landlords are getting more more problems. Uh, yeah. They're getting voids. Uh, they're getting um, properties damaged, tenants not paying rent, then they're having to evict. And then you yeah. approach them, guaranteeing yeah. them um, yeah. rent, guaranteeing yeah. to, to, to keep the property in show home condition. And, yeah. you know, when we haven't even spoken yet. I mean, I haven't explained properly how to uh, explain to the landlords how yeah. they can avoid Section 24 and yeah. claim yeah. their capital allowances. So yeah. the... The incentive, the, the you know, avoiding Section 24 and claiming capital allowances is, again, not something that you're going to find it very easy to explain to a letting agent. Yeah. And okay. so that is, that's going to be a problem for you in terms of mm-hmm. uh, getting the message across to the landlord. So I'm I'm okay. going to persevere with yeah. uh, with trying to keep you on track to maybe targeting landlords first. Landlords directly, okay. Yeah, and you know what? There's okay. nothing wrong with going to letting agents as well. I mean, some people mm-hmm. might, you know, if you go to a BNI network or you go to a property mm-hmm. networking meeting or something like that, you might come into contact with a letting agent. And yeah. if you form a relationship with a letting agent or you know someone that knows a letting agent or something like that, then, yeah, absolutely, yeah. you can... You know, people invest with other people that they know, like, and trust, right? So that's right. That's if right. If a letting agent knows you and trusts you, then then great. You know, let's go. And but okay. a lot of the people that I mentor on this, they mm-hmm. they come up with objections from letting agents. And do you know what? It's, it is easier to talk direct to landlords because landlords. Section twenty four. You know, having mentioned it now, we've you know I've mentioned yeah. the S word. Um, Six hundred thousand buy-to-let landlords are going to become higher-rate taxpayers because of Section Twenty-Four. And in January, when people started doing their tax returns, um, they're starting to see the impact of Section Twenty-Four, and mm-hmm. it's going to turn people into higher-rate taxpayers. I did a—I don't know if you remember from the Multiple Streams event, but I showed an example of a landlord that went from nearly twenty thousand pounds net profit from his ten buy-to-let properties to a minus two and a half thousand yeah uh, yes i remember the minus example, two yeah. and a half thousand cash flow because of section 24 and he started off as a lower rate taxpayer became a higher rate taxpayer i showed you how it's going to impact people and so it won't be long you're very wise to be getting into service accommodation now because it won't be long that yeah. um you're going to be able to cherry pick properties because there's going to be yeah. hundreds of thousands of landlords that that they they want out and actually, you will be the solution because if you set up rent to SA correctly, and typically if you can uh, create a scenario where you can vary the income that the landlord is getting, and so yeah. the landlord's going to be on it can be full percentage of you can be on full percentage of turnover, or the landlord can be getting a, a, a fixed amount with a, a a split of profit. But ultimately, if you're varying the landlord's income, then they are so much more likely to be able to avoid Section 24 tax and they're going to be able to claim capital allowances. So once you're able to offer that to these landlords, landlords are potentially going to be losing tens of thousands of pounds a year to actually reversing that for them, then it's not going to be a case of how you're going to get your hands on rent to SA's Garang. It's going to be how many do you want. Okay. Now, okay. having this yeah, conversation yes. with letting agents is harder because they, they don't really understand and they don't really want yeah. to talk about it. Yeah. 
Okay, correct. Good. Yeah, that's that's a very good um, point. The the another uh, question I had was is about the capital investment. So, if if person like myself who is starting out in the service accommodation with first property with first unit, generally I know it depends on what kind of property you go for and things like that, location and everything. But generally, what's like capital investment requirement you know, to start? But that was another big tick for me as well. Well, it can be anything from zero to how how long is a piece of string. So I'll explain. Um, I've yeah. had a, a rent to SA which was brought to me um, fully furnished, yeah. fully refurbished, so ready to go. I, I gave the yeah. landlord the list of things that he needed to purchase for the property. Um, yeah. Kettle, iron, you know, everything. Yeah. Now, why was he so interested to do this? Because of Section 24 and capital allowances. So I, I was able to do this because I explained all this to him. And um, I was able to list the property with um, a, a corporate provider of, of serviced accommodation, um, a company called Silverdoor. And yeah. I, before I even took the keys, I took the keys on the Friday, I took a booking for £3,500 for a guest arriving on the Sunday. And okay. I didn't have to pay a deposit because yeah. um, it was a direct to landlord and the landlord didn't insist on a deposit. So I didn't offer a deposit. Um, mm -hmm. So no tenant referencing, none of that stuff. And I had three and a half thousand pounds in before yeah. I have it before paying six hundred pounds out. Okay. So how how you know how no money down do you want <laughs> property yeah. to be? Um, so that's quite nice. And yeah. and then so, but let's talk about the flip side. So the flip side could be that you're taking on a, a property on a rent to SA, yeah. where you've got to pay uh, the rent, a deposit, um, tenant referencing, you know, via land uh, letting agent, and you you've yeah. got to furnish the property as well. And yes. so that that could be it could be five could be could be ten grand. You know, yeah. depends on yeah, the area, depends. depends on the rent, depends yeah. on the deposit, um, yeah. depends on the how well you're going to furnish the property. Um, you yeah. can hire the you can hire the furniture, yeah. um, which is fine. So you can hire it. Um, so I'm gonna I'm just gonna say yeah. ballpark about five grand if you've got to do uh, fee yeah. fee uh, you know deposit uh, yeah. rent and furnish it. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Okay. But so, having it, said that, yeah. Garang, um, it's not uncommon to be cash flowing uh, instantly a thousand pounds a month. So let's let's yeah. compare that to. Um, you know, buy to let investing where you might yeah. spend 50 grand on a deposit, yeah, 25 grand on a refurb, or you know, okay, yeah. 10 grand on a refurb. Um, yeah. you might be able to refinance it, and if you've done it really well, pull your money back out, or yeah. quite often you're just going to be leaving a chunk of money in, and then yeah. after your new mortgage, uh, etc., you might be cash flowing a couple of hundred pounds. Um, yeah. And then there's section 24 to bite you in the bum. You can't claim capital allowances and you yeah, might, if, right. you, if you're not, if you're unlucky, you might end up with a tenant that doesn't pay your rent and trashes your property and you have to evict them and get bailiffs and all that. So, you know, let's yeah. not feel too disheartened about the fact that it might cost you five grand to get a rent to SA where yeah. let's face it, anything happens in the future, you can hand it back. Can't you? Yes, so, that's right. 
and that was the big tick as well because uh, uh, going into buy to let because I own the buy to let property and now I'm thinking I have got a pool of cash. Shall I buy a house another hundred or two hundred k because Bristol is quite costly where I'm living. So you cannot buy a property if you want a good if you don't want a refurb if you want to buy a ready made property you're talking about two hundred k and the average rent in Bristol is Bristol is about thousand pound. So my calculation is rather than spending 50k and buy one house yeah if i have that 50k in my pocket i can have five senior service accommodations for the same amount of money is it right well yeah 10 uh, yeah but yeah between five five and ten would be would yeah. be fine yeah uh, absolutely. so that's my that's my that's why my main motivation uh, investing 50k for one house and then as you said section 24 it's it's easy because then once you have a tenant and you don't have to do anything wherein service accommodation requires a bit of work but in the same amount of money I can have five units depends really and then I got five streams of money coming in rather than one stream yeah no yeah you're preaching to the converted Garang <laughs> you're preaching yeah. to the converted and, so and that then, was my that and, was my main motivation as well. And actually, what I'd be t more tempted to do is is do you know three rent to SAs, get up and running, mm. understand it, and mm. then start actually um, looking to do SA management where the landlords are bringing bringing their properties to you um, yeah. ready, good to go. They're they're yeah. paying for the furniture and everything. And so literally there isn't any onboarding cost to you to just do management. Yeah. And so, yes, it's yeah. um, you might not get £1,000. You might only get you know £400 for doing yeah. the management of it. But literally you're just yeah. going to be plugging it into your existing systems that you've set up. So you're going to have yeah. your cleaners up and running. You're going to have your laundry yeah. uh, company yeah. up and running. You're going to have your uh, accounts with Booking.com and, um, yes. you know, Airbnb, you're going to have your channel manager yeah. set up to link yeah. with these OTAs, all the different ones. Yes. And so it's literally right. a case of them plugging new ones in, new units into your existing setup and mm -hmm. without the initial expense. And so yeah. we've got people that are, they're not even a year in and they've got mm -hmm. 14, uh, 14 units um, in yeah. their service accommodation business. And the way they're able to scale that quickly is by doing yeah. service accommodation management with. Um, okay. say, and these guys, they were in jobs six months into after their course, their service mm -hmm. creation course, they were out of their jobs. Um, yes. And then within a year, they, they're on 14 properties. So they came to a yes. multiple streams event. They signed yeah. up for the service accommodation course. Uh, they, yeah. they, they chose to get mentored by me. And yeah. um, ultimately, that that's what's made the difference. And they are now yeah. financially free and they're in their 20s. So... Um, yeah. It's really cool, really cool. And so they, they went down the rent to SA route and then they went into um, SA management. Yeah. Um, another question, Kevin, I have is, and obviously a lot of people will relate with me, I guess, uh, is I'm in a full-time employment, full-time job with a young family. So what would be the time commitment to kick off in sure. SA business? Okay, so people can, if they're not doing it right, in my opinion... Uh, in, in my qualified opinion, uh, become busy fools in service accommodation. And so I hear of people complaining to me that it's a lot of work. And then once yeah. I... Ex some, sometimes people haven't even been, been on my training course or they haven't done any training. And then they're, yeah. they're doing service accommodation and it's crazy, actually. 
that people would consider doing something like service combination without any proper training. It's just nuts. And so I hear that they're doing all the washing and the laundry, laundry and the meeting the greets yeah. and the ironing and yeah. and yeah. everything. And they're not even using a channel manager, so they're managing everything from a spreadsheet. And 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 they they come and complain to me that they're busy and it's it's they're overwhelmed. Well, yeah, I'm unsurprised. <laughs> and so yeah. ultimately, Garang, you could the uh, the flip side learn how to do all your due diligence which is obviously what i teach um on service accommodation and you can you can go to the acquisition phase of service accommodation and you can acquire the unit it could be a rent to sa and just hand it straight over to an sa management company and so there okay. there are guys that i know guys in bristol who are doing exactly this and so you could actually just leverage that and okay you know that it could be you passively cash flowing 500 as opposed to you doing all the work and cash flowing a thousand you know yeah. um, but you you could very quickly get to 10 units by mm-hmm. totally leveraging 20 units whereas you mm-hmm. might reach capacity yourself on on five you know so okay. ultimately it's always about outsourcing it's always about um, growing and it's yeah. always about scaling and the only way you can is by leveraging other people yeah so okay. um, in terms of how long per week it depends on whether or not you're the sort of person that embraces leverage and outsourcing or not yes yes i definitely am the person of the outsourcing because of the young family yeah uh, and the biggest motivation for me to get into property is i want that time factor back in my life where i can spend more time with the with the family and the the research i'm doing the, the post that i'm reading on the facebook the lots of videos and other people's talk what i'm coming across is to start obviously to start any business to start with requires a lot of time to start with but and obviously the ultimate goal is to resign from my job and get into property full time but until i fully set up and up, up and running my time commitment will be less because I'm still doing a job. I have got a two young kids, so I'm looking after the family. So obviously leveraging is one of the biggest thing where I can acquire the unit and give everything outsource, cleaning, yeah. booking, financing. I'm I'm very much a person of complete outsource. Even in, even at the cost of even at the cost of less profit to start with, but that less that will give me another extra time which I might use it to acquire more properties. So sure. don't want don't wanna spend task time on a mundane task where I can outsource all those things. But again, yes. So the the challenge will be then for me to start with is finding those supplier, trustworthy cleaners, line and companies furniture rent companies and all those things and yeah that yeah so i obviously help help with all those things and teach you how to Mm. to source these these things in your um local town i I wouldn't worry too much you're coming on the course very soon so obviously yeah uh, um i've got two days with you in order to go through all of that stuff um yeah and one of the things garang i want to sort of you know mention to you as well in terms of um you know you want to get to the position where you've you are freeing up your time because you've created yeah. enough income is yeah. what well, ultimately what you're going to leave the training with is how to do proper due diligence on a serviced accommodation unit to work out whether it works or whether it does not work. Now that yeah. is massive leverage right there. 
Um, I'm yeah. just I'm just going to uh, just cover because I'm, I'm doing a live and I've got people asking me questions. Um, yeah. And so I'm just going to say to the people tuning in on this live that um, this is yeah. a, a live mentoring call to Garang. And so I'm, I'm just going to be able to answer Garang's questions on this uh, live mentoring call. So this is just for warriors only to tune in and watch. Um, and a lot of the stuff that Garang is going to be asking is going to be good information and good content for the people listening in. So just to explain that yeah. to those people that are yeah. tuning into this uh, Facebook Live. All right, so, yeah. so Garang, you're going to learn the due diligence process. And what you can yeah. do, yes, you can leverage and go to the acquisition phase and then hand that over to SA management companies. But here's the thing. You could maybe only manage to source uh, and hand over to your SA management company. Maybe they only want one a month. Maybe they only want one every two months. You know, who knows what it is. But there's no reason why you can't do the due diligence process on a on a property that works 10 times a month. And what you could actually do is source that deal on to somebody that wants to do rent to SA. And the beauty of it is, is you don't even need to be um, doing it on your own patch. We What okay. we do is we teach people how to do the due diligence process and whatever town and city you're in nationally, you can be doing that due diligence process anywhere in the country. And so what you could actually do is um, start sourcing SA deals on and you can go to, you can, you know, once you learn the scripts, you can deal with letting agents and you can deal with um, landlords nationally. And you can be yeah. sourcing these deals on and packaging these deals on as rent to SAs. People are paying okay. £5,000 now for rent to yeah. SAs. They're paying sourcing yeah. agents £5,000 to take on a rent to SA um, to yeah. then spend the money on the rent and the deposit and the furniture. Um, yeah, and, that's then, right. and then these people are either running it themselves as SA or handing it over to an SA management company. So actually, yeah. when you think about it, you're in a position just by learning the, the proper due diligence process, how yeah. to create the SAs for yourself, but also monetize it by sourcing them onto others. And there's a lot yes. of money to be made there for sure. Yeah, and I did come across a couple of sources as well, and I'm that's one of the that's one of the option I'm looking as well as um, how can I use the sources to find me the deals. Yeah, well, I, do you know what, Garang? I'm, because I'm a time poor person. Right. Here's the thing, Garang, is that I was having a mentoring call, a, a private mentoring call with um, one of my mentees um, just before this one, and he was telling me that he had been and met up with a sourcing agent in West London yeah. and yeah. Um, the sourcing agent's figures were just nonsense. Yeah. And But the fact that he's been on my training meant that he yeah. could see that the sourcing agent's figures were absolute nonsense. They were pie in the sky. They were just hope figures, okay, based on, yeah. on unachievable night rates and unachievable occupancy rates. You, you can't, I'm just going to say, I'm just going to put this out there. You cannot trust a sourcing agent yeah. implicitly yeah. any sourcing yeah. agent or anyone that's teaching deal packaging will say that if you're going to outsource to a deal packager be able to do your own due diligence on that deal packager yes. and on that deal packager's deals I, what I would also say if you're going to go start um, sourcing um, units on SA units then it wouldn't do you any harm in the world to actually attend deal packaging training as well you know there's going to no, be no, no, certain no 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 sorry sorry no 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 what I am sorry uh, sorry for mis- misunderstanding I'm, uh, I'm saying I will use the sourcers to no, 
Oh yeah, no, I'm sort of going off on a tangent. I know, I know exactly what you said. Ah, um, okay. And so, you know, one of the things I said earlier about maybe deal packaging um, your own acquisitions on. It wouldn't do you any oh, harm right. to attend deal packaging training in order to make sure that you're compliant and protected and all those things as well. Um, but here's the thing. you know, A lot okay. of people are just trusting deal packages to source them rent to SA deals without yeah. being able to do their own due diligence. And, and I get a lot of people saying that they've sourced a deal on from somebody. They've saved themselves some money on coming on some service accommodation training. And then they've ended up with a huge problem that's cost them a fortune. Correct. Correct. Um, so, yeah, you, you are very wise. You're coming and getting properly trained. I'm going to teach you how to do the due diligence process. And so yeah. if once you've done the training, you then choose to use a sourcing agent, you're only going to say yes to that sourcing agent once you've done your due diligence on their figures and prove their claims yeah. or not. Yes. Okay. Okay. Good. But yeah, that is one of the options. Obviously, after once I have an experience and once I can do my own due diligence, that's right. And one more thing, Kevin, is obviously a lot of the people um, are that in a similar situation. In order to become, uh, obviously, starting not the business, but in order to become uh, successful uh, with regards to SA, what are the few important qualities that, that we need to have in order to, like, discipline and always not working hard but what are the few important qualities that i need to have in order to be successful into this asset business do you know what garang that's an absolutely brilliant question because i've i've trained and mentored people in in property investing for years now and no matter what the strategy is it's persistence and it's drive and it's determination and because so many people make excuses for why they don't go out there and do it uh, you know, you're going to have to get out of your comfort zone. You are. Yeah. Because it's so much easier sitting at home watching the TV, right? Yes. Rather than phoning up a letting agent and stepping outside your comfort zone, going and seeing a letting agent, going and doing a viewing, going and seeing a landlord, ringing a landlord, sending a landlord a text. Yeah. This is all outside yeah. of your comfort zone. But if you want a different life badly enough, then you'll do it. And so one yeah. of the things that I will say to you to give you some advice is, Focus on what you want out of life. So, if you if you got a vision board, Garang. Yes. So yeah, all I of the things. Board, yes. And for those of the people listening in, everything that is important to you, you you print it off the internet. You cut it out of a magazine. Wherever it is, if it's a fancy car, if it's a if it's a beach house, if it's fancy holidays, if it's um, a private education for your kids, whatever it may be, you put all that stuff on a vision board. And you, you see that every single day and you put it in view of uh, if you were, happen to be watching the television, you put it where you can also see it um, so that it distracts you from watching television. And when you start seeing your vision board every day, that's what forces you or encourages you to step outside your comfort zone and to do exactly what it is you need to do to create the income that you need to achieve those things. Mm-hmm. OK, yeah. because. Yeah. One of the things I say as a mentor is I, I say that, um, you know, you can make excuses or you can make money, but you can't make both. Okay. Yeah. And I hear a lot yeah. of excuses from people. And mm-hmm. do you know what, Garang? I used to be in the army. I was 24 years in the army. I was a commando soldier. And I used to get shot at for a living, you know, on occasions. <laughs> and so um, I'm actually, I find stepping out of my comfort zone easier than most. I get that. 
Um, but when people tell me that they can't do stuff, um, they give me excuses. Do you know what? I I used I built up a property portfolio of 12 properties whilst going off to places like Iraq and Afghanistan. Yeah. And, yes, and bring, bringing that. up a family and things like that. So yeah. I, I suppose I am sympathetic to life and people's challenges. Don't get me wrong. But um, mm. if people want me to say, yeah, that's fine. Um, don't worry why you didn't bother doing the stuff this month. I'm, I'm not going to be overly sympathetic. I'm just going to say, come on, step up to the plate. Yeah. How much do you want the stuff on your vision board? Because you're going to yeah. need to step out your comfort zone in order to get it. So uh, to answer your question, Garang, it's, it takes drive enthusiasm yeah. tenacity and determination and you know quitters never win and winners never quit yeah was that useful yeah, yeah that was perfect that's what exactly what um what i need to develop i need to develop a few qualities uh yes but that was quite quite useful definitely quite 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 encouraging listen Graham, we're um, on about 36 minutes and i know you wanted yes. to talk about some other stuff but you know what i'm yes. going to send you some uh, pre-course uh, preparation to do to be getting on with yeah. and um, so you can turn up at the, the training uh, ready to go and uh, I'll look forward to, to seeing you on the course yeah. and so um, I, I'm going to gonna wrap up the podcast I'm going to wrap up the live now Garang so hopefully that was that yeah. was okay for you yeah that's perfect thank you mr kevin that was really uh, uh motivating and quite knowledgeable and insightful call so thank you very much for the opportunity really that was really great you're really thank welcome you Garang. and hopefully i just i just maybe convince you to consider uh rent to sa via landlords um and not yeah. just discount them you know because yeah yeah they uh, i prefer it i do it via letter yeah. agents but landlords are easier and i'll show yeah. you why i'll show you why when we when we meet yeah, definitely. Thank you very much, Kevin. Right. Thanks for your call. You're very Thank welcome. You. So thanks for tuning in to this Facebook Live and thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Service Accommodation Property Podcast. And here is to your success in serviced accommodation. Thanks for listening to the Serviced Accommodation Property Podcast. If you have any suggestions on future content for this podcast, please message Kevin via his Facebook page, Property Soldier.